In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about claiming page 296. Another murderous chandelier, Saint Germain, Saint Germain, Saint Germain, and Bite the Thigh Already, Man, in our discussion of Mina and the Slayers by Amy McCaw. Seriously! Thigh Bite! Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss Mina and the Slayers by Amy McCall. (laughs) Standard disclaimer. If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read it and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read the book then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Yay! Yay! I'm very excited. We're both dressed up as vampires this week. We are. We're very handsome this week. (laughs) And you know what is even more exciting is that we're going to talk to Amy about this and she doesn't know what our costumes are (laughs) (laughs) but to be fair i mean we're not just randomly dressing up as gary oldman dracula and lestat just because the vampires and the kick-ass no they are they have a deep meaning they are in (laughs) mean and the slayers one of the characters does dress up as both of these at some point yes so it's yeah. very important. This is true meaning here. <laughs> also, this Dracula is what I dressed up as when we talked about the first book mm-hmm. in this set. Mina and the Undead. Go backwards in time and check that one out. It was really great, but it's one of my most favorite things that I've ever, ever done. You're so, hiding around so Seattle, <laughs> peeking out from behind things and saying, see me. <laughs> it's one of the funniest just, videos you ever sent me. I got the out. Everybody be very jealous. I got all of the outtake <laughs> as well. I had minutes, minutes <laughs> of footage and I, I still, I watched that for months. <laughs> I love it. And you're going to watch it for months again because I kept sending them to you earlier. <laughs> yes! I'm going to watch it again. Oh. Just need to reshare them. We need to share them over again. Yes, definitely. Definitely. But if you want to see what we're dressed as now, you have to join our Patreon. No! October's different. We'll oh, we're going to share all of them. Treat. We're going to share all of them. I'm glad you said that. I forgot. I forgot about our plans. It's Halloween month. We're going to give everybody a wonderful treat. Trick or treating. Yes. Yes. So that's great. We've got all of these extra, all this extra bonus crap that um, I definitely need to edit out, but I'm not gonna. And you get to see it all. (laughs) Good stuff. Don't worry. Don't worry, everyone. The audio will be edited, so... (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) 
Well, we've talked about the background info to the first recording. Let's talk about the background yes. info to this yes. book, Mina and the Slayers. Well, I found a really great quote that doesn't necessarily go along with Mina and the Slayers specifically, but it was part of an interview Mm -hmm. that came out before this book came out very recently. And it's from BigBeardedBookseller.com. They ask Amy, what books can you not resist buying? And I had to choose this one, one, because almost all of these authors that she mentions that she loves are friends of the show. And then there's a very good line. So here it is. I tend to be steered by authors I love, and there are plenty where I pre-order their books without question, which is exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. Cynthia Murphy, friend of the show. Kat Ellis, friend of the show. Catherine Foxfield, not yet, but probably one day in the future. Very much so. Don Kurdigich. Of course. <laughs> and Sue Wallman, which I looked at some of her books too, and yeah, we need to. Are they in our 2023 schedule already? They have to be. They okay. have to be. So that's just a few of them. And then she also says, I also struggle to resist vampire books for any age of reader, from picture books to adult. And if that isn't just fictional hangovers life philosophy, I don't know what is. Well, I mean, you saw the book that I literally bought yesterday, the Dracula cookbook. (laughs) Yes. Which, what even is in that? Lots of beetroot. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sure. (laughs) Do you have initial thoughts? squee but also we're in the acknowledgements it's the coolest thing ever (laughs) our actual names i was thinking it's just going to be fictional hangover which also would have been fine with but it's our actual real name and they're spelled correctly (laughs) and they're in the acknowledgements you are number two i am number three i know well it feels like top billing doesn't it I know! It's fantastic. We're the coolest people ever because Amy McCall is one of the coolest people ever and Very that's true. all there is to it. That's all there is to it. There is something else, but we'll get to oh. that. Oh, really? What is it? Mm. What is it? You already know. What is I, it? I sent you the page number, but we'll get to it. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> How could you forget? It's your long, long memory as a, as a Dracula. Yes, as a Dracula. As a Dracula. Most importantly. Bart Oldman Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my God. All right. It's Mina's favorite time of year and she cannot wait. Halloween is only a few days away and school has officially finished for fall break. She'll be spending her week off with her new best friend, Nat, her sister Libby and her girlfriend, Della, her vampire boyfriend, Jared, and Detective Cafferty while gaining work experience. Mina met the detective and his partner, Boudreaux, at the beginning of summer during Fangfest when they arrested Libby for a series of murders. (laughs) Spoiler alert for book one, if you haven't gone back to listen to our episode about it or, you know, read the book, Libby wasn't responsible and she was being framed by evil vampire john carter who thought his murderous plot would draw mina and libby's mom his ex-girlfriend out of hiding it did not work 
John was killed by his brother Wayne, also a vampire and now known as Armand, who he had been mind-controlling during this whole thing, but not before turning Mina's boyfriend Jared into a vampire. John's cohort, Veronica, sadly escaped, but not before killing Fandy, a very nice vampire and owner of Mansion of the Macabre, where the girls work. Now, where were we? Mm. Oh, yes. Back to the start of fall break. <laughs> At the school entrance is Nat's older brother, Will, who is home from college. He is super hot and he rides a motorcycle and is waiting for Nat outside school. Nat, however, has shopping with Mina to do, so she sends him over to harass their younger brother, Sam. The BFFs walk to Fanged Friends, a fantastic... Uh, Fantastic. 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 Little boutique. (laughs) And Nat tells Mina about the recent murder of Laurel Jenkins. She was stabbed multiple times and the police haven't caught the guy who did it yet. In Fanged Friends, Mina and Nat shop for the Halloween-themed sweets and goth goodies. While Nat burns through her money on a cute Wednesday Adams dress, Mina chats with the shop owner, Emmeline. They had a mutual friend. Sandy. So Emmeline knows about vampires. When Sandy died, Libby inherited the mansion, but is struggling to make it a success. It was with Sandy. Emmeline has some letters from Sandy, which may help Libby and put their minds at ease. In them, Mina reads about Sandy's vampiric power, which was the ability to control emotions. After leaving Nat to go to work, Mina meets up with Libby and Della to go on Jared's first ghost tour. The girls loiter at the back, and Mina watches a man furiously scribbling in a book the whole tour. Jared is a natural storyteller, and the group hangs on his every word about the ghosts and legends of New Orleans, including Lala Ray and Count Saint-Germain. <laughs> I can never say his name without it being sounding silly. <laughs> I know, you had Count Saint Germain. Is that better? <laughs> Can't Saint Germain, y'all. <laughs> Excuse me. As they walk to the final location of the tour, the scribbling man hands four thick envelopes to Jared before leaving. The man works for Claude Sejour, and for the price of telling a few ghost stories, Jared has secured them invitations to the Orchard Estate Ball, the most exclusive Halloween event in New Orleans. The excitement of the ball invitations is cut short at the last location, the apartment of John and Wayne Carter, whose legend isn't fiction for Jared, Mina, Libby and Della. As Jared is wrapping up the story, a real vampire approaches the group with her fangs out and blood dripping around her mouth. She pounces Mina, but Mina fights back thanks to a few manoeuvres Della taught her before fleeing with her friends. The tour group thinks it's an exciting staged ending to the evening. Even Jared's anguished yell. Oh. Wouldn't that be a great tour, though? Oh, completely. I mean, it's a perfect ending. Yeah. You're like, well, shit, I'm done telling the story now, and all these people are still standing here. Oh, it's the easiest way to nope out of the situation, isn't it? <laughs> it really, really is. Della runs toward Jared, with Mina and Libby staying back. Soon, Della and Jared join them and notice the arm of his shirt is torn and bloody from where the rabid vampire tried to bite him. Deciding that attempting to find the vampire's first victim is fruitless, they decide to head to the movies, stopping at Jared's apartment on the way so he can change. Waiting outside 
is Armand, who needs Jared for something. So off they go. Jared, still in his bloody ripped shirt. Let him change clothes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mina, Libby, and Della hit Blockbuster Video before heading home. No longer in the mood for the movie theater. Because, hey, if you don't remember, this is set in 1995, everyone. I miss Blockbuster. I know. I know. <laughs> Tessa, the roommate who has been visiting parents all summer and missed all the vampire shenanigans around Fangfest, is home again. She's heading out to a study group, so doesn't stay to watch California. Once the credits roll, Mina heads back to her room and, unable to sleep, sorts through a box of Thandy's things. Amongst the junk is a dictaphone dated the day of her death, but unfortunately the buttons are stuck, so Mina can't listen to it. Still wired, she heads into the kitchen for some water and bumps into Della, who was fully dressed for work. Apparently Armand called her in. Strange. Um, the bar should be closed at this hour. Huh. Hmm. The next morning at breakfast, Mina reads the newspaper and finds that vicious and sometimes fatal vampire attacks are on the rise. Mina knows what they really are vampire attacks, and wonders if Detective Gafferty is assigned to those cases. She'll find out soon, as today is her first day of work experience. At the station, Cafferty hands Mina a pile of paperwork to fill out, including non-disclosure agreements and liability information. Cafferty isn't working the animal attacks, but he is assigned to the murder of Laurel Jenkins, and there has been a second victim, Carl Landry. Both victims were stabbed nine times. As they are en route to an interview with a witness, Cafferty receives a call about a potential third victim in the park. Ooh. Heading over, Cafferty orders Mina to stay in the car while he examines the active <laughs> crime scene. But of course, <laughs> Mina disregards his order. Oh, God. What part of active crime scene do you not understand, Mina? Moving around to get a better view inside the police tent, Mina sees the body and notices a lot of flies buzzing around it. When Cafferty quizzes her in the car about her thoughts, Mina points out that the body has been decomposing. Cafferty confirms this, not a complete impossibility in New Orleans climate, but certainly a strange and noteworthy observation. He also tells her that the victim was stabbed once through the heart, so is likely not linked to the other murders. Mina doesn't let Cafferty know that the victim is a vampire. <gasps> Mina then spots Della in a cart with an unfamiliar girl speeding from the scene. Ooh. Ooh. Suspicious activity is suspicious. So, so suspicious. The afternoon is full of paperwork for the vampire victim, and while doing some photocopying, Mina finds a stack of cinema tickets from the victim's pocket. Wanting to investigate further, Mina suggests to Libby and the gang that they go to Crescent Screens Theater. Before Mina leaves, Cafferty shows Mina the birthday present he got for his little sister, Carly. A signed and dedicated first edition interview with a vampire. But of course. Major brother points. But of course. That is amazing. The coolest birthday present ever. Heading to the mall, Mina runs into Sam at the bookstore, and then Will in Radio Shack. Will works there, and he leaves Sandy's dictaphone with him to be fixed before heading to Crescent Screens. The theatre is amazing. It's nothing like the cinema chains. 
They get tickets for more rats and head to the concession <laughs> stand, where they are served by a vampire. In the auditorium, Mina updates Jared in a quiet whisper about the dead vampire and why she picked this cinema. Jared tells her there is a vampire feeding on someone in the back row. Jared goes to have a word with the couple and learns that the biting is consensual, but he tells them to leave. Speaking to the concession vampire, it turns out he has a deal with some local vampires. It's all above board, but that doesn't stop Della from rolling her eyes and tutting. Mina then tells them the real reason for picking that movie theater. Ugh, Mina, can they just have one night without investigating a murder, please? (laughs) Nope. No. (laughs) When they get home, Mina asks Della if it was her she saw in the car at the park. With an abrupt, nope, Della walks off. Lies. Later, Mina sees Della sneaking out and decides to follow. Well, Mina isn't particularly stealthy, and Della calls her out. Della has been sneaking out to a vampire slayer club, where the first rule about vampire slayer club is you don't talk about vampire slayer club. (laughs) Inside, Mina meets the head slayer Rosario, who is nice. Taz, the girl in Della's car, who is lovely, and Paige, who is a bitch. Tonight, <laughs> they have a special visitors. They've got veteran slayers from the vampire surge in the 70s, Monique and Jacqueline, who is Della's aunt. Jacqueline confirms Della's mom was killed by a vampire. We totally called that in the first one. Yeah, we did. We definitely did. And by the fang wound, it was female. Della asks if Mina would like to join them and she says she'll think about it as it's a lot to process and it feels like a morally grey area. Yeah, you're dating you're dating a vampire. What are you thinking? But Della, she loves it. Armand had a vision of her with the slayers in St. Louis Cemetery number one and she staked out, no pun intended, the place until the vampires turned up. Slaying is, after all, in her blood. The next day, Nat and Will come to put up Halloween decorations at Mina's house. Will and Mina talk about movies, and it's really nice. Mina yearns for this comfortable togetherness with Jared that stopped after he, you know, turned into a vampire. Later, Nat and Mina head to the mansion to help with the last walkthrough of the new Candyman room before the opening. Oh my god. The Candyman room is the best thing ever. I want to go there so bad. Excuse me for my slight fangirling. When they get there, they see Libby surrounded by open bear traps. (laughs) It's actually the bear trap chandelier, which takes shape as Libby hoists it up. The Candyman experience is amazing, and Jason, as Candyman, is spot on. Mina lets Nat out before the mansion opens up and spots Cafferty with his sister Carly waiting to come in. I want to go there. I want to go to the Candyman room so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Mina changes into her Claudia costume and heads to the interview with a vampire room where Jared as Lestat is waiting. Mina tries to address the fanged elephant in the room, Jared's feeding. She wants to help him out of curiosity, intimacy and jealousy, but Jared doesn't want to cross that line with her. The first two group comes in with Cafferty and Carly ending their conversation. 
At the end of the night, Mina changes out of her costume and finds a note in her bag. Have you forgotten Fangfest? I haven't. <gasps> Probably not as perky. Probably in not. In the threatening scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been left as a cruel joke? Or was it meant for someone else? Mina hides the note in her bag before Jared walks her home to find her mum waiting on the doorstep. Ooh, the mysterious mum's back. Mina doesn't have much time for the woman who abandoned her children in favor of her vampire obsession. And though she and Libby do try to build some kind of relationship with her, their mom is flaky and unreliable. Mina points out that right now isn't the best time, and they agree to meet later. Alone, Mina can't relax about the blood drinking issue with Jared and calls Armand, who comes over instead of answering questions over the phone. Just after his arrival, Armand has a vision of Mina in a red and green sweater. But the image is unclear. Perhaps Libby will let Mina star in the Nightmare on Elm Street scene at the mansion. Which is also awesome. Why isn't this mansion real and why can't I be there always? I'm sure I've seen somewhere in the UK that does this. And not a Madame Two Swords. So ring, it is ringing bells. I just want to be there. <laughs> you have to start your own. I should. Then I can always be a scare actor, which is my new favorite pastime. Exactly. That I haven't actually started yet. Soon. But it's coming. Soon. 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 Soon people will see you. See me. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> to answer Mina's questions about feeding... Armand takes her to the underground, a vampire blood bar. Together they watch a feeding in the observation booth. It's between two men and is consensual, though it is more transactionary for the vampire, whereas the human seemed equal parts pained and pleasured by the experience. Armand asks if Mina understands, and she says she does. But does she really? Does she really? I will admit scepticism. As they leave, Mina runs into Carly. Carly is visiting a lifestyler, not an actual vampire at the bar, so she doesn't know the undead are real. Mina tries to warn Carly about going to the underground and says that it's a slippery slope and she could get hurt, but Carly isn't interested in her warnings. On the walk home, and at Mina's request, Armand tells her the part he played in John's scheme. Thankfully, he did nothing violent. That all seemed to be Veronica. Oh, fucking Veronica. bitch. Back at home, Tessa is there and making cookies. Tessa used to date Jared, so Mina has always felt a little uncomfortable around her, but they have a civil conversation, which helps Mina relax around her. Also, cookies. It's the important thing. The, co- the cookies are there. They're important cookies. On her way back to her room, Mina spots a note that has been slid through the flap at the front door. This one says, Tick-tock, ready to come clean. Outside the door, there is a shadow. But before Mina gets the courage to open the door, the shadow disappears. As Mina is getting ready for bed, Della pops in and asks if Mina wants to go patrolling with her and Rosario. She agrees. They head to a crypt in an old cemetery from the Veteran Slayer's list of hotspots in the 70s. The crypt smells of death, which doesn't put off vampires from living there, as they find four sleeping bags. They are attacked by three vampires and manage to slay them. Mina nearly killed one, but she missed the heart and Rosario had to finish it off. 
As they run through the graveyard, the fourth vampire approaches. Della and Rosario go on the attack, but the female vampire is visibly upset at the death of her friends. As she hasn't moved to fight them, Della keeps her restrained as Rosario questions her about the surge in vampires. Mina can see the vampire is distressed and tells her to go to the Empire of the Dead where she will find a man who will help her. To repay Mina's kindness, the vampire tells him a man is building his ranks, but she didn't stick around to find out more about his plans. She also reveals that though she doesn't know her sire's name, he was a short guy with a really bad haircut. Rosario congratulates Mina on handling herself well and getting the vampire to talk and asks her to become a member of the Slayers. Mina will think about it. Hmm. Later, reading another of Thandy's letters, Mina sees that Thandy not only felt trapped by John Carter, but the Slayers patrolling New Orleans. The next morning, Mina tells Libby and Della about the notes before heading to the police station. Cafferty tells her there's been another murder and they need to go and speak to the victim's mom. After the interview, they search his bedroom and find a red token for the underground. As they're leaving, a neighbor approaches with information. He said he saw someone sneaking around the property wearing a mask and agrees to speak to a sketch artist. At the end of the day, Cafferty offers to drop Mina off to get ready for the ball. But before they leave, he gets a call from Carly, who's on a bad date and needs picking up ASAP. They head to the pool hall, which is closed, but can see Carly inside being attacked by a vampire. <gasps> Cafferty heads through the back door, gun drawn, and Mina follows. Seeing it's a vampire and knowing that bullets will do nothing, Mina shouts to kill them like in the movies. So Cafferty breaks a pool cue and uses it to stake the vampire. Mina yes. calls Della to get the slayers to deal with the body of the vampire before they take Carly, who was badly bitten, to the hospital. While they say it was an animal attack... Mina tells Cafferty everything. 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 That was a really badass scene. Oh, yeah. Cafferty just picking up the pool cue and, like, Mina picks up a chair and can't do anything. (laughs) She tries to smash it against the wall and nothing happens. And Cafferty's like, snap. When she picked up the chair, were you like, pool cue, Mina? Pool cue. You're in a pool hall. Come on. It's already a pointy wooden stick. It's just a really long one. (sighs) While another officer, Officer Dupress, drives Mina home, she reads another of Thandy's letters, which mentions a vampire prying into her business and her power, and mentions she doesn't want to be caged any more than she already is. At home, Della asks about the attack, but Libby interrupts and wants to know why they're talking about vampire slayers. <sighs> Libby is not pleased with the fact that her girlfriend and her sister are slaying vampires and points out that Jared, the vampire, won't be happy either. However, it's time to get ready for the ball. Tessa, who will be joining them, is Catwoman. Libby and Della are Jareth and Sarah from the Labyrinth, which is fantastic. Love it. And Mina and Jared are Mina Harker and Dracula from the Gary Oldman version. <laughs> See me. <laughs> Mina tries to talk to Jared about the Slayers, but she doesn't explain very well, and he's disgusted and angry. As well he should be, 
as a vampire. An actual vampire. An actual vampire. The mansion hosting the ball is impressive. While Jared goes to tell his ghost stories to the attendees, Mina, Libby, Della and Tessa party. After a while, Jared rejoins them and the dancing begins. Their host, Claude Sejour, takes to the stage to give a short speech before singing the final song, People Are Strange. After a short break with people coming and going, the DJ set kicks in and the group tear up the dance floor. Eventually, needing to pee, Mina ducks out but is sent in the wrong direction to a private suite where Veronica is waiting to tease and taunt her. For now... Veronica will let her go, but she will kill Mina soon. That's a promise. Back in the main room, the crowd has swollen with new attendees of the uh, thanged variety. Fighting through the crowd, Mina joins her friends and they hurry to leave. Tessa doesn't want to stop partying, so she hops out of their taxi early. Della and Mina will go on patrol and head straight to Della's house to change. Mina, looking at Della's family photos, spots Emmeline in one of them and offers to introduce Della to her. But for now, it's time to head out. Did Mina ever get to go to the bathroom? I've been worried about her. I don't remember. I think she went at Della's. Or she just peed her pants. I mean, Which is probably. an option when Veronica's threatening you. Right. Really. <laughs> I was just I'm worried. Because she was like, I don't really have to pee. And then she didn't get to pee. This is how you That's get important. infection. Get yourself damage. UTIs all over the place. <laughs> and you get a UTI. And you get a UTI. They meet with Taz at the most creepy as fuck clown museum ever. Yeah. To make it even more unpleasant... It was hit by a flood, so it's dangerous and unstable, and the water has affected the wax statues in gruesome and just dreadful ways. Picking their way through, the Slayers find a group of people higher in the building, and spying on them, see a business-looking female vampire address bro-vampires, one of whom works at Crescent Screens. Boss Vampire mentions the attack on Halloween, which is in two days, and how they need to keep out of it because they have a good thing going at the movies with willing donors. Unfortunately, she hears the clown honk Taz accidentally makes. <laughs> and then she sends the bro vampires after them, but the Slayers get away. At home, Mina tells Jared it was an information-gathering trip and no vampires were harmed. Things are still tense between them. Mm. 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 I wonder why. Mm. Actual vampire. <laughs> the next day, Della offers to take Mina to the police station, but on their way, they stop by fanged friends to meet Emmeline. Emmeline knew Della's mom and that she was a slayer. She also knows which vampire killed her. Veronica. Ooh. No one is shocked by this. No. <laughs> Cafferty is waiting for Mina at the station with the evidence from the fourth victim to look at. Inside a coin purse, Mina finds a red token for the underground, so it looks like it's time to pay the club a visit. But Mina must stay in the car, otherwise she's compromising the investigation. <laughs> Ugh, fine. Stay in the car this time. Oh my god. 
<laughs> they drive over and find the club is on fire. Damn it. <laughs> Kathy talks to the fire chief. While Mina stays in the car, who says it looks like arson. Dejected at losing a prime lead, they head back to the station for an afternoon of paperwork. Shortly before Mina leaves, the sketch artist sends a fax with the picture of the person the neighbour saw. Kids, if you don't know what a fax is, Google it. It's obviously a mask, but no horror movie mask Mina is familiar with. So it's something they'll have to investigate the next day. Which I like to think is just watching horror movies. Of course, that's Just how you research. Yeah. At least go to Blockbuster and browse covers. Mm. I really liked this scene in that they had to, like, wait on the dot matrix fax machine printout to just... <laughs> and they're just staring at the paper as it comes out one line by line. It takes absolutely forever. It does. <laughs> Oh, the good old days. <laughs> well, you could get a fax before heading to Blockbuster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no one is home when Mina gets there, but as soon as the sun goes down, Jared arrives. He's obviously hungry, and Mina makes the decision to feed him her blood. With some reluctance, Jared agrees and bites her in a discreet location on her arm. Is it really discreet, though? It's right in her open elbow. It depends what clothes you wear. She might be a three-quarter sleeve girl. She could be, or she just always has her arm like this. She's just constant hoodies. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're getting to October. I suppose it's October and New Orleans is still cold. Uh, warm, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's so fucking hot. All the time. I don't know. I would have said the armpit would have been a better area, but what do I know? I'm um, only a no, my friends. The thigh would be the optimal. Not at the moment, because their relationship isn't that far along yet it needs to get there i'm just saying oh it'll get there it needs to (laughs) the feeding goes well and they both feel better for it they have regained a level of intimacy would have been even greater with the thigh bite i'm just gonna wiggle my eyebrows in a suggestive manner (laughs) okay let's get serious They've regained a level of intimacy that they haven't had since Jared's turning, but agree to keep it between themselves for now. Eventually, the others arrive home, and they get ready to go out to dinner at Armand's restaurant, Nine Steps to Hell, based on Dante's Inferno, before heading to a carnival. Their server at the restaurant is the vampire Mina, saved from the other night at the crypt. She seems happy with her situation and grateful to Mina. When Mina explores the Dante exhibit Armand has set up, she sees a figure looking at her and backs away in fear. It's the killer! Ah! (gasps) It's not. It's not. It's actually a statue wearing Dante's death mask. Oh. Yeah. So So we don't have to go to Blockbuster anymore? No, no. I mean, you still can. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. So Mina uses Armand's phone to let Kathy know she's solved that mystery. Afterward, she bumps into Will and extends an invitation to the siblings to join them at the carnival. During their meal, Claude Sajour enters with his entourage and after a moment beckons Jared over and Mina goes with him. Armand describes Claude Sajour as the New Orleans King of the Vampires, whose real name is, drumroll please, 
Saint Germain. Saint Germain, y'all. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Say it however you'd like. So many Saint varieties. Germain. Saint Germain. Germain. Use the um, general American R's. Saint Germain. Germain. And he wants answers about the surge in vampires and has Veronica investigating but finding nothing, while Armand is too busy dealing with his inherited businesses to help. Turning to Jared, Saint Germain, Germain, Germain. Saint Germain. Turning to Jared, Saint Germain asks what his powers are. And answering honestly, Jared tells him he has none. Mina thinks this is the man who collects powers from Thandy's letters. <gasps> After dinner, they head to the carnival and meet up with Nat and her brothers and Jason. They have a great time until the girls go on the carousel and a group of vampires follows them. Dang it! One tries to bite Mina, which Della promptly puts a stop to. While Will and Jason head for a beer and Tessa goes in search of junk food, the others head to the haunted house, but get separated in the mirror maze. Some of the mirrors are two-way, and Mina can see one of the vampires from the carousel stalking Libby and Della. In Mina's panic to get her sister and her girlfriend, she is separated from Jared, and eventually the vampire finds Mina and attacks. He manages to graze Mina's arm before Jared comes in and pries his jaw loose, and they run for it. Outside, Mina and Jared find Libby and Della, who patch up Mina's arm. Suddenly, Nat comes out of the maze holding Sam, who is bleeding heavily from his neck. Nat tells them some guy with fake vampire teeth tore at his throat. The on-site medics arrive quickly and Sam is taken to the hospital with Nat in the ambulance and Will following in his car. Libby and Tessa call it quits for the night while Jared, Mina and Della meet up with Rosario and Taz to go hunting. (gasps) Jared has their attackers sent and is able to find them. They fight, and Jared is able to rip out the throat of one vampire and tear the jaw off another, with Della driving a stake through its chest. The last vampire is kept restrained because they need answers, like who turned him. That would be... John Carter. Oh, man. (laughs) He did it a few months ago for Veronica, who is planning something the following night. (gasps) He says her recruits are to meet at the French Quarter docks at 7 p.m. Then the vampire taunts Rosario, saying she might as well stake him, as he's as good as dead anyway. So she does. (laughs) Turning to Jared, she thanks him for his help, noting she always knew they could use a vampire vampire hunter. (laughs) (laughs) A wee squee. She also orders Della and Mina to rest up for the following night. Vampire, vampire hunter! That's us. That's us. After dropping Jared back at the apartment, Mina is surprisingly able to sleep, but wakes early. After some exercise and a quick call to Nat to check on Sam, Mina notices Tessa's keys on the doormat. Tessa's room is quiet. So she enters slowly to put the keys in her room. But then Mina sees Tessa on the bed. 
not moving, and a large pool of blood on the floor. Her shout brings Della and Libby running. Oh, no. Libby calls an ambulance and the police, and soon after the house is a hive of activity. Cafferty comes with Boudreaux, and they question Mina, Della, and Libby separately. Tessa was stabbed nine times. But unlike the other murders, Tessa was killed in her bed, not on the doorstep. Mina shows Cafferty and Boudreaux the notes she received and finds out that Tessa received one too. Also, Tessa has a client book for the underground. Unbeknownst to her housemates, Tessa was a vampire lifestyler. Cafferty arranges for a patrolman to take them to Thandy's apartment at the mansion because they can't stay in the house anymore. Ooh. Murders. So many murders. Later, sitting in the mansion apartment's spare room, Mina is restless and calls Cafferty, asking if he will accompany her and Della to the Empire of the Dead to speak to Armand. At the bar, Armand confirms that Veronica was sired by Saint Germain. 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 Can we can we lay down how we're supposed to say this, or we're just going to say it a million times? No, we're just going to say it a thousand different ways, and then when I edit the audio, I'm going to pick a different one every time. Cool. <laughs> Vampires typically develop powers if their sire had power, but Saint Germain, Saint Germain, Saint Germain, Saint German has none. So he collects them. Though with Veronica, he collected her as she reminded him of his dead daughter. They search through Veronica's locker in the back room for any clue as to her location, but unfortunately there isn't a convenient note. Armand uses her jacket to help force a vision in which he sees a fire and water and Veronica on a steamboat called the Belle of New Orleans. After a call to the Coast Guard, Cafferty is able to find out that there is only one steamboat large enough to meet Veronica's needs in the city, and it has been decommissioned following a hurricane, and it's called the Belle of New Orleans. No! <gasps> Isn't it handy having a policeman who can call the Coast Guard and get the answers? It's so great! <laughs> Yay, an adult. (laughs) Yay, a grown-up who's smart and knows what's going on. With connections. He's the hero. (laughs) Cafferty wants to help because New Orleans is his city to protect. Plus he has a crossbow. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, he can. (laughs) They separate so Cafferty can suit up while Mina and Della gather the Slayers because they want to strike while the sun is still up. Soon, they are on a hired boat, traveling the river, looking for the Belle of New Orleans, which doesn't take long. The Slayers work their way through the steamboat, staking the vampires as they move down through the boat. Finding the boiler room access, Rosario changes the plan to work upwards. As the Slayers file down, Mina notes that Paige hangs back to plant explosives. (laughs) Ooh... Rosario didn't know about the explosives Paige planted and is wary of using them because they need to confirm Veronica's death, so she confiscates the remote. Heading deeper into the boat, the slayers encounter resistance and a massive and bloody fight starts. Veronica is leading her minions in taunting the slayers and in her hand is her trademark mallet, which she uses 
relentlessly, even taking down Taz. Oh, no. We did. Take Paige. (sighs) We volunteered her. Suddenly, reinforcements come in the form of the veteran slayers, including Della's aunt Jacqueline and Monique. Monique tries to stake Veronica, but the vampire turns the stake on her and kills the older slayer. While Mina makes her first kill, Paige grabs a fire axe and starts rampaging with it, eventually severing Veronica's head, taking her mallet as a trophy, which she promptly drops and Della picks up. Mina, Della, Cafferty, Rosario, Paige, Jacqueline, and a handful of other slayers make it out into the sunshine. And as they make their getaway, Paige blows the boat. God damn it, Paige! (laughs) In the truck, Della has her wounds bandaged. And she admits she accidentally consumed some vampire blood while she was trapped under her body. Womp womp. It's now a waiting game to see if she'll turn. Cafferty has to head to work and Rosario is going to scope out the docks for any of Veronica's stragglers, while Mina, Della and Jacqueline head back to the mansion to wait to see if Della will turn. Libby is obviously worried, but confident Della will remain human. During their vigil, Nat comes by. She has Thandi's fixed dictaphone and needs to talk to Mina about Sam's bite wound and how similar it looks to the scar on Mina's wrist. Mina accepts the dictaphone but pushes Nat away, telling her it's not a good time. Hours later, they check on Della's wound for supernaturally quick healing and find it the same bloody mess as earlier. <gasps> oh, phew. phew! Della is in the clear, but we're sad because she could have been she would have been a very good vampire, vampire hunter, which is what I was hoping for it the entire time in book one. Same, same. Yeah. It's fine. At least we have one vampire. Exactly. Vampire. As they are celebrating, Jared comes in with Cafferty. Cafferty has caught Jared up on the events of the day. However, he has one more piece of news. They've arrested Jason for the murders. What? What? No, not Candyman. He's not a murderer. Candyman I mean, would never do that. I mean, I mean that way. Y- yeah. Is everyone they know a serial killer? Pretty much. <laughs> Cafferty admits that the underground is the connection between the victims, as Tessa was the new Elvira at the club. Jason disapproved, and they got into a fight, and they assume he still resents it, and that is why he killed her and all of her clients. <sighs> they decide to continue the celebrations and head to the mask parade and drag Cafferty along with them. As they're getting ready, Jared grabs a quick snack from Mina, and in their post-bite snuggle, they confess their love for each other. Now he now, can bite the thigh. Now move on. Now move on to the thigh bites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Despite being surrounded by strangers and masks, which is disconcerting to Mina, the mask parade is fun. That is until Mina is kidnapped by two vampires in fake police costumes. Damn it, Mina. Mina has her hands tied behind her back and her head 
bagged before being thrown into the back of a van, which also holds Libby, Della, Jared, Cafferty and Rosario. When the bags At least she's not alone. Well, exactly. You know, kidnapped with friends. This, it sounds a little bit like a stag do or a hen do or like some kind of like fraternity induction thing. I feel like it's worse than that. Well, yeah, it's proper kidnapping. When the bags are removed, they see that they are in a cathedral with Armand standing to the side of the altar. Saint Germain, Saint Germain, Saint Germain walks in and stands front and centre. He's an asshole, isn't he? He really is. He really, really is. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Has a grievance against them. They killed his lieutenant, Veronica. So he must exact a price. However, he concedes that she was also trying to overthrow him. (laughs) Which is not ideal. But really, her punishment should have been left up to him. Really, though? Really? Luckily, he has a contingency plan. And in walks Paige. Ah! Fucking Paige. St. Germain declares that the Slayers will be brought onto his payroll. Rosario, of course, protests, which results in her being dragged off and killed outside. Paige is then promoted to leader of the Slayers and directed to get the Slayers on board with St. Germain's plans. Mm. Saint Germain's plans. <laughs> <laughs> you almost did an Elmo voice there. Saint Germain. Oh, Saint Germain. Oh, wow. Saint-Germain's plans. Well, if things weren't bad enough already. Saint-Germain. 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 Nobody actually knows how to pronounce that properly, you know. It's You know why? It's because there's not an audiobook. Hint. 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 Saint-Germain is not done yet. He has a job for Cafferty and Armand in New Mexico. No. Okay. (laughs) And when they start to protest, a few threats to their health and happiness bring them in line and they will set off immediately. Meanwhile, the others are free to go. Like, literally, go. Get out of here. Get out of here, pesky kids. Go on. You get out. You get out. You get out out of here. No, you You go. You gotta go. Before Amon leaves, he tells Jared that John did not sire him. He did. (gasps) John made him donate his blood into bottles and it was that blood which turned Jared. This relieves Jared as he was worried he would become a murderous lunatic like his sire. Oh, dodge that bullet, old fang. (laughs) Mina, Libby, Della and Jared head back to the mansion and rest for the night. Mina finally tells Libby and Della that Jared has been feeding from her, which, (laughs) I mean, they already figured since the underground was burned down, and they're begrudgingly fine with it. Waking early the next day, Mina goes into the living room to listen to Thandie's dictaphone, and realizing there will be great revelations, she grabs the others. Mina isn't wrong. 
Thandy confesses to being the one who killed Della's mother. (gasps) (gasps) So why did Emmeline lie to them? Good question. The mansion hosts an end of Halloween movie murder mystery night, which I want to go to. I know, I want to be there. And it goes off without a hitch, even without Candyman. No, it's the best part. Afterwards, Mina and Libby have the mansion to themselves and try to relax. Unfortunately, as Libby is in the shower, the power goes out. Mina heads to the breaker to switch it back on when the phone in the foyer rings. This isn't creepy at all. We've all seen this horror movie, Mina. Uh, Pitch black phone ringing? Uh Uh-uh. No. Not good. Mina answers it in the dark and hears Detective Baudreau on the other line. She tells Mina that Jason has been released and she'll be sending a patrolman to watch over them to be safe. It's not long before Officer Dupress arrives, but he is promptly murdered by the masked killer on the doorstep behind him. As the killer gives a jaunty little wave with a knife, Mina turns towards the Gazebert rooms and runs. Hey. I'm really, Hi. really getting scream vibes from all of this. Oh, it's completely. Perfect. It was totally true barrier moment. Yes. The killer gives chase, and Mina dives into the Candyman bathroom. <gasps> As she is closing the door, the killer sticks his knife into the gap and slices her arm, but thankfully, she manages to shut and lock the door. As Mina is figuring out what to do next, the cruel voice of the killer encouraging her to open the door sounds familiar. It's Sam? His his knife has had a taste of her and wants more. Sam tells Mina that his late older sister Louisa was the original Elvira at the underground and that he blames the club and her clients for her death. Now he is exacting his revenge by killing the people on Louisa's client list as well as Tessa, who took her role, which made everyone forget his sister. Damn. Dear sweet, silent, bookish Sam. Murderer! It's always the quiet ones. Always the quiet ones! Mina makes her way through the scene, grabbing the Candyman's very real and very sharp hook, as she heads into the nightmare on Elm Street scene. Behind her, Sam has broken through the door. Hiding in the darkness and fog, Mina is able to use the hook to rip open Sam's leg, hobbling him so she can make a run for it. Dashing into the mansion foyer, she grabs the phone, calls 911, screams there is a killer after her, and runs toward the New Orleans exhibit's room. Looking around, Mina spots an item not yet put in the case. Veronica's mallet. Yes! As Sam walks towards her, Libby steps out of the apartment and without stopping, Sam stabs her in the stomach. Mina watches in horror as her sister crumples covered in her own blood. Sam comes closer and as he reaches the perfect spot, 
Mina swings the mallet and breaks the ropes that hold the bear trap chandelier, causing it to fall and kill Sam. Murder chandelier! Murder chandelier! It's another Chekhov chandelier! Yay! (laughs) Please see the latest Jackson Ford episode for more details about being murdered by a chandelier. And interview. Yes. As Mina is crying and holding a dying Libby, Jared comes in. He offers to turn Libby as the wound is fatal, but she doesn't want that. He tries his best to stop the bleeding, his supernatural nature never dulling his desire to help people. Libby starts convulsing, then suddenly sits up, indignant that she was bleeding from her mouth and Mina never said. (laughs) That's embarrassing, really. All at once, she's okay, and her wound is closing. But how? Turns out, Jared has a power after all. He can heal people. Wow. Well, they can't let St. Germain know about that. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Just got really high up there. A little blocked nose. Say Jermaine. <laughs> Healing Libby has weakened Jared, but he's happy he can still help people. Detective Boudreaux and the police arrive shortly thereafter, but Mina is worried about Nat and Will. After all, she just killed their little brother. Never mind that it was in self-defense. With a chandelier. Boudreaux tells Mina that Nat has been arrested as an accessory to murder, and she's refusing to talk, unless it's to Mina. Everyone that knows the serial killer. Yes. (laughs) The next day, before Mina heads to the police station, she goes to fanged friends. Emmeline has already spoken to Della, and she reiterates that she knew Thandy was Della's mother's real killer, but she needed Veronica dead for killing her best friend. Okay, reasonable. Emmeline wants to rebuild trust and gives Mina a lookalike leather Buffy the Vampire Slayer jacket she was look- lusting after on a previous visit. We call I can bribery. get with that. Yeah, it's I'll bribery. accept bribery. I'll free you. May I accept bribery? Yeah, I can get. I can get with what is happening. At the police station, Mina has her backpack searched. Thandy's papers and her dictaphone are inside, and thankfully the officer gives them a cursory look. Nat is in an orange jumpsuit and handcuffed to the interview table. Nat explains she needed to find Luis's killer since the police gave up. She found Elvira's client list in her sister's diary and tried to get into the underground, but was turned away. (sighs) She was the one who sent the notes, too, trying to get some sort of reaction from Elvira's clients. She didn't want to hurt anyone, but Sam found out what she was doing and wanted vengeance, so he killed everyone. At this point of the interview, Mina turns off the recorder, ready to be candid with Nat. However, this is the opportunity Nat needed to give Mina the truth. Sam was in the hospital when Tessa was murdered. She tells Mina the first stab did the trick, but the remaining eight got easier with each strike. Smugly, Nat calls an end to the interview, waggling her fingers in goodbye. 
Ah, I just confessed murder to you, but you turned off the recorder. In Bodro's office, Mina realises that Nat's confession to murdering Tessa means nothing as the recorder had been shut off. In the silence between Mina and the detective, Bodro asks what the clicking noise is she can hear. Inside Mina's backpack, Thandy's dictaphone has been recording. <gasps> it must have been set to record during the bag search, and she's had her bag with her the whole time, which means that Nat's confession is on that tape. That is fantastic. Mina hands the dictaphone over to Bodro, who takes it to their tech guys. While the detective is out of the office, Mina looks at a picture on her desk. It's of Baudreau and her sister Monique, the veteran <gasps> slayer who was killed during the steamboat raid. Oh no. Just yesterday as well. Baudreau, it just happened. Yeah. Bodro comes back and confirms that she knows all about the supernatural side to New Orleans. So Mina tells her Cafferty does too. Back at the mansion, Will is waiting outside, looking broken, what with two of his siblings being murderers and the other being murdered. Mina invites him in for John Hughes movies, and they sit in companionable silence until Libby and Della come home. Libby grabs snacks, and they watch movies as a foursome. As Will is leaving, Jared arrives. Extending a vein of trust, Della volunteers to feed Jared since Mina has lost so much blood lately. Eventually, Jared goes back to his apartment to clear his things out. He's going to move into the mansion's attic, while Libby and Mina will be permanent residents of the mansion apartment, and Della will split her time between them and her dad. The next morning, a postcard arrives from New Mexico, but it can't be Cafferty and Armand. It's not their style. Literally, they just left. Yeah. The girls think that their paternal grandparents live somewhere near Roswell, but they've got no connection to them. Turning over the card, in their mother's handwriting, the note reads, I found your dad and figured out how to make us one big, happy family again. Come to visit us, mum. <gasps> Yikes. Do you know what this means? There's another one! Road trip! <laughs> yes! So good! I can't handle these glasses anymore. <laughs> oh. So we, got, we gotta have a little pause here. Please remember that Fictional Hangover is a free podcast and always will be. If you'd like to support the show, stop listening to us for just a few minutes. Become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover, then come back. Your support on Patreon will help us bring you more spoiler-filled discussions, book character cosplays, and ridiculous content you know and love. Now, back to the episode. So after, after our pause in which I tried to fix my glasses, what are your standout moments? Page 296. <laughs> That's our page. That is, that our, is our page. page. That is our page. If there was ever a number we're claiming, it's page 296. 296 is it. Vampire, vampire hunter. 
That's us. It has to be us. It has to be. And I, we haven't spoken to Amy yet. No, but it's we are. Coming. It will happen. It's happening soon. And if she does not confirm that page two nine six is us, well, I'm sorry. Canonically, we're, I'm taking it. We're taking it. It's ours. It's us. it's us. It's us. It's ours. Yes. See previous Mina episode. We have the evidence. We do, except for we don't, because that video got messed up. But we have the audio evidence. Exactly. We still have the audio evidence. The evidence is there. And I'm sure the header for Mina and the Undead was Vampire Vampire Slayers. And then the whole obsession with Vampire Vampire Slayers started because of Mina and the Undead. It did, but Vampire Vampire Hunters, not Slayers. Yes. To make sure you get it right. Vampire Vampire so yes, page two nine six. Favorite character? <laughs> yes, just move on. That's all we need That's to discuss. All we need to say. Um, Chekhov's murder chandelier again, which we raised yes. this with Jackson Ford when it was a chandelier doing the killing. Yes. And then as soon as the bear trap chandelier got mentioned in Mina and the Slayers, I was like, please, 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 please let there be please. a chandelier murder. And then there was a chandelier Please. murder, and I'm surprised you didn't hear me go, yes! But I did I message... I read this book before you did. You did. And I, I remember did. sending you two messages. The first one was page 296, and also, I think I was just literally just saying Chekhov's murder chandelier. Yes. Or bear trap chandelier, and you were like, I'm starting it tonight. <laughs> murder chandelier! <laughs> That's so perfect. I love that we have read two books this year with chandelier murders. How is how how, how is that even possible? Exactly. What's the odds of that? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love it. I love it so much. I need more people to be murdered by chandelier. And this yeah. one was a bear traps. Yeah. So that's fucking awful. <laughs> and wonderful. Yes, of course. Are <laughs> uh, oh, they real? Nah, it's fine. Libby, you're standing in the middle of a bunch of bear traps. This is going to turn into some kind of wily e. coyote cartoon. If you're not careful. Yes. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Yes. Obviously, this is set up perfectly for third book road trip yes. do you think it's going to be the end that's an excellent question it might be the end of an arc but I think okay. there's more story to tell I feel like this is just one that has potential to be never ending also like Jackson Ford's books they can just go on for forever there's not there's not necessarily one thing, although it is, their mother is leading the whole thing. That's the whole reason why they got involved in all of this stuff to begin with. But there's other stuff going on, and it can last forever, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, and I'm happy for it too. But I think to answer your question, I think it's the. Uh, I like a trilogy. You know, we we like a trilogy as well. I mean, we like Star Wars, we like our geologies, but we do like a trilogy as well. <laughs> And, and you know and what? You know, it we almost like just seems like books. we like books. <laughs> yeah. 13, <laughs> 13 books, yeah, let's read well, them. It's fine. It's fine. 26, we're on it. 
Uh, no. Six with another six spinoff? Of course. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so in all seriousness, a trilogy is nice and tight. You know, you've got a good storyline. And I think if Amy was to do one more book, which you should be doing one more book, and it's set in New Mexico and it centres more around their mum uh-huh. and bringing their dad, who is, you know, also was a crappy parent and left them. And we meet his parents who live in Roswell. Um, curious about them. Yes. I think it would be a nice end to an arc. A three, a nice, yes. nice little tight trilogy of, you know, the mom's in the background. Let's finally find out what the hell's going on with her. Right. Um, but it, then it leads on to being able to do another series of Minas. Yeah, and that would be great. So she could potentially wrap everything up nicely and then you know start working on something else which we would also happily read and invite her on the show to talk about i would not be opposed to the lead character changing for mina as well uh della and the trilogy yes we could libby and the trilogy will yes i would like To have his Cafferty. own series. Cafferty. Cafferty is what I want. I would love that, but Cafferty's not really going to be a YA book, so it depends if uh, Amy wants care. to expand into older ranges, because I, I get serious Daddy Winchester vibes from Cafferty. Yeah. I mean, the Impala and the sexy look I and know. the crossbow <laughs> go I a long way to that, so Hello. <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily think he has to be John Winchester. He could be a Sam or a Dean, easily. Oh, God, yes. But, I mean, it's purely because it's set in the 90s is why I'm getting Daddy Winchester mm. vibes. Yeah. If, yeah. if it was a little bit later on, I would say it was a, a Sam or Dean. But I would love a Cafferty trilogy as well. So, honestly, I could see, you know, you can see it on blockbuster shelves, the Mina trilogy, the Cafferty trilogy, yes. the Della trilogy. Yes. Yeah. And we said in the first one, as lo- much as we love Libby and Della, they don't necessarily necessarily have long term written over them, especially if Della yeah. pursues a Slayer career that Libby can't really support her properly in, or, you know, relationships go in other directions. Yeah. And it it would be okay for them to break up. Yeah, stay friends kind of amicable. Sure. But you know, I, I I would I would like that. I would like I'd, it. Could even be that it's not necessarily a breakup. It could be that there is a vampire outbreak somewhere else in the US or in Europe, and the slayers need to help. Well, Paige yeah. can't go, and Paige Saint Germain won't let Paige and her slayers help, and they contact Jacqueline, and Jacqueline asks mm. her niece to go to Europe Mm. or wherever Mm -hmm. to help out with their vampire surge. So then we could could follow Della, have her little trilogy. And, you know, she's still in our relationship with Libby and them, but we've got Della leading a new bunch and we've got it purely from a Slayer perspective. I would love that. Yeah, that could be great. That could really be great. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I can see. Like all the cassette tapes, all the VHS lined up all these trilogies. 
Can we also have a prequel trilogy with Thandi? Because I loved Thandi still being in this book, even though she's been murdered with her dictaphone and her letters. I just, I want more Thandi. Yes. So we have a prequel with Thandi as well. Yes, we need that. We need that. Yeah. Yes. That would be be great. Can I ask you a question then? Yes. Why did Emmeline lie about Veronica killing Della's mom? The girls were already going after Veronica because she'd killed Thandy. They didn't need any additional motivation. I I don't understand why. She could have just said, I don't know who the murderer was. Emmeline volunteered the information and said, I know who killed your mom. It wasn't a do you know who killed my mom? And I don't I don't understand that. Do you have any No, unless it was just giving like unless it was also giving Della that motivation because Della wasn't as closely tied to Thandy as Mina and Libby were, especially Libby because Libby's been at the mansion the longest, but Unless it was just to give Della that motivation as well, just to like, you know, it's backup plan. It's a double check because we definitely need Veronica out of this. That's the only thing I've got. Yeah. It seemed a bit odd to me. It did. But it doesn't matter because Veronica's dead. And Bye, bitch. And Mina got a sweet jacket out of the deal. Yes. Yes. So that's fine. Wish I could get sweet jackets out of the deal. I know. Me too. (sighs) (sighs) I can't get over how much I love, 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 a thousand times love the mansion and all of the rooms. And I really just want to be there. But this, all of this detail about the Candyman room... I feel like we also had an influence with that because of how much we talked about we, that we loved Candyman. Yes. I feel like we influenced the Candyman room as well. Well, again, if it's not true, we're making it true. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's fine. Highly recommend the new Candyman as well. That was excellent. Yes. I say new, but it's a couple of years old now, but... Yeah, but it was great. It was it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I just love Candyman. You do. You always have. Do. It is a, it is do. a known fact. It is known. It is known. If we weren't dressing up today as Dracula and Lestat, I would have worn my Candyman shirt. Because I have a Candyman shirt. I would have worn it. I liked how gruesome Something... it was in this book, by the way. Yes. The, like Jared... When he was doing his vampire vampire hunter, the way he ripped out the throats and broke necks and took no prisoners was fantastic. Yeah, it was amazing. I thought that, I mean, obviously it was done this way on purpose to make you think, oh shit, he's turning in to John. John's influence is, is coming out in him and he is going on a rampage. Yeah. But no. No, he's just a badass. Just badass vampire, vampire hunter. <laughs> and all of our dreams come true. <laughs> Ooh, 
Do you know what I didn't like, but I loved at the same time? And seems to be the tone of this year as well. Fucking clowns. That clown museum. <laughs> I loved was it. I loved it. Horrible. I loved it. I loved it. But I hated it. I was listening to Clown in the Cornfield 2 as I was reading Mina. <laughs> I mean, obviously not exactly the same time. But one was my right. audiobook going I had going and the other one was the book I was reading. And I was like, oh my god, clowns. And I think it was last weekend I sent pictures of this disgusting amount of clowns in the thrift store that was on sale. Mm-hmm. Obviously all cursed. Yeah. But honestly Obviously. Everywhere I know Halloween is a big clown period. But I feel like I've encountered but there's, other, there's other things. There's other things, exactly. And I feel like this year there's just been an absolute abundance of freaking clowns. Which I don't appreciate. I, just, I do appreciate that. And I loved, (laughs) they were just like quietly sneaking through this nightmare and everything's going fine. And they're like, okay, yeah, we got some information and now we can just sneak out. (laughs) 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 Fuck. And then all the vampires swarm down on them. But they're like lazy, high dude bros. Like, oh, gotta get down these stairs, man. Get after these Clown honkers. (laughs) And it was great. It was perfect. (laughs) One more thing that I really, really liked. Mm. Then we can talk about other things. I loved Sam's murder chase through the mansion. Because it was definitely Scream. Especially with the blade behind the door like that was just it was just straight out of scream and it was amazing you can't tell me that he was not inspired except for oh no when you think when when scream came second i think scream was 1996 or seven so scream was inspired by sam behind the door one thousand percent but I really loved it. And the I know what you did last summer notes all over the place. <laughs> yes, I enjoyed that. I particularly liked the way that Sam's knife had had a taste of Mina and wanted more. Yes. Did you figure out that it was Sam, like, at all? No. Because, I mean, I'm leaping a little bit ahead while we're talking sure, about right. it, but my surprise yeah, was... Right. Sam being the killer, it was like a proper huh, moment. I didn't see yeah. clues or the setup for that. Apart you from saying what? it's some, the quiet ones. <laughs> some people are just crazy fucking murderers. And what are you going to do about it? Oh, no, no, no. I can, I can totally get with that. Yeah. Fine. I feel like I was going to say something else. Also, like, he was around a lot of the time while they were talking about stuff just like quietly reading in the background quietly reading rl stein in the back seat he's scheming he was scheming the whole time i feel like he was a child though like in my head he's like seven which i know is not true i can't remember the age he was but if mina i mean mina's 18 yeah mina and nat are 18 so what he was probably 16 Probably. Because Will was outside the school and to pick up Nat and she's like, no, go and harass Sam instead. 
Yeah. And I think Sam was pretty much in the same building. So I would have said probably they were, he was bought they were both in high school. Yeah. But yeah, but then I was thinking, what what scenes can I remember Sam being in? And yeah, he was at the carnival, that's when he got bit. He was in the car. Was did he go to the theatre with them? I think that he did. And I feel like they were all they were all there together. Yeah, and there was the bookstore. But it was just such a quiet character. And Mina kept saying, if Sam was there, oh, I, I, I feel very akin to Sam, just a quiet person reading horror books. Yeah. So maybe that means that Mina's going to snap soon and start killing everybody. <laughs> well, Which I would also be okay with. <laughs> she's either going to snap and start killing everybody or she's going to go on a rip-roaring revenge, justice, I'm Batman type. Thing. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna Quinn from Clown in a Cornfield too. She's gonna shave her head and go on a murder spree. Which I'm, it's fine. Hey, remember we already decided some bitches have got to be slapped, right? In this case, some yes. vampires have got to be staked. Yeah, but it's yeah, a very. It's can, can can we discuss the morally gray area of the code? Yeah. Because the Slayers, right? Let's do some setup. Thandy was reclusive because yeah. of several reasons. John Carter yeah. being the big one, fine. Yes. Yeah. Uh Sanchoman, or however you want to pronounce him, being another Correct. big you know, collector of powerful things. Yes. And he is Arrow. From Twilight. Yes. He is the leader of the New Orleans Vulturi. <laughs> yes, and he's obviously going to be a big part of the next one as well. Of course. Um, but also, she was scared of the Slayers. And we know, right. in part, it's because she got caught feeding and she killed Della's mom. But even before that, I get the feeling that Thandi was very scared of what was going on. To the point of becoming I honestly, I honestly just think that that was her personality anyway. She doesn't want to get out and be around people. I, I really think that's her personality already. Yeah. But and then being accidentally killing a slayer and then being on their radar just made it worse. And then John and then Saint Germain have just. They've just made everything worse. And so why would you leave your beautiful, horrible mansion where you can make bank scaring people with your vampire powers? That is very true. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But in regards to the Slayers and them, for me, very morally grey accord. If, well, if they're attacking me, then I'll, I'll slay them. But it gets to the point of, well, what provoked that attack? Yeah, are they attacking you because you're a slayer and you're clown honking through their creepy museum? Yeah. Are you walking down an alleyway, Buffy style, with the stake out, going, here, vampy, 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 ready to just attack? Yeah. You know, and how many vampires have been slayed during consensual biting that the assumption is the human doesn't want it? 
It's, it's it, you know, it's like, we're doing this, hello, we're from the survey, the, the slayer surveys. Is this biting consensual? Yes, yes, tick. Okay, we'll leave you. Go to the next one. Is this biting consensual? No. Right, we'll sit, we'll... It's, it's so... At least with Buffy, you know the vampires are all bad. Yeah. With this one, you've got examples of Thandi, of Jared, of Armand, where vampires aren't bad, aren't the conventional villain. Right. So I can understand why Jared is very sceptical of Mina joining the ranks. Because you, you can't guarantee that the vampire is slaying is a bad vampire. It's not. It's not obvious. Veronica, who's walking around with a Harlequin mallet. Yeah, and like, how many of these vampires were turned against their will as well? Which then does it turn into like a pity slaying? Like, well, you didn't want to be a vampire anyway, so I'm just going to kill you and put you out of your misery. Yeah. Because then that would definitely put Jared on the radar. Yeah, there's the a lot of them have been. Uh, turned recently because of the surge, because of, you know John Carter's done it, or Veronica's done it, and all the all yeah. overthrow Saint Germain, um, and they've been abandoned by the sires, so they don't yeah. know the ins and the outs, just, where's and what falls. It's just a wild vampire rampage. Yeah, vampire. Yeah, and do you know the vampire that Mina saved, Fiona, who ends up working at um. Armand's Dante restaurant. Like, yeah, does it? she realise that Mina, like, not five minutes earlier, was trying to kill one of her friends? <laughs> I think that's no. awkward. I'm really glad that Mina is becoming a part of this because I think she understands that there are differences and she wants to keep the vampires alive. While some of the other slayers do not necessarily believe that way, no, Paige is definitely just out uh, there. Kill, yeah. So maybe it's a good thing that she's a part of this now, because she can be like, "Oh, we actually don't need to kill that vampire." She's injecting They're conscience fine. into the slayings. She is. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Was there anything? Do we else? need to talk? I was just going to ask you if we need to talk about our favorite characters because mine is Cafferty, and if you don't say that Cafferty is one of your favorites, you're wrong. I have three. Okay. Cafferty. Do you sweet Will? And Rosario, R.I.P. Oh, yeah. I really liked her positive seeing outlook. Do you sweet Will? Yes. Who felt like he was being set up as... Uh, potential love interests to, to Mina slash yes. threat to Jared but honestly yes. I just got friend vibe from him oh, because totally. shock horror girls and boys and everybody in between on the full spectrum of identity can be friends with each other without no way. romance I no know way. it's radical I know it's radical but yeah you can be friends with people and have no romantic entanglement. That, no, that can't be real. I really love that he did his arm at the end. John Hughes. He is, 
Fist bump. He is a John Hughes character, 1,000%. And it was fantastic. Just walking away with his fist in the air. I loved it. What was... Oh, God. Stranger Things. The the one who died and... Eddie? No, not Eddie. The brother. Brain's not working. And she quickly goes on to Google. Billy! Oh, God, I love Billy. I got to see Will, his aesthetic, and not his toxic masculinity, reminded me, like, if, if you could take Billy, remove the to- toxic masculinity and his affair with the older women out, yes. that's kind of like the aesthetic I was getting for Will. Okay. Like the self-assured, little bit of a ladies' man, but more of a movie geek yeah, vibe. he's just a nerd. Yeah. He's just a handsome, sexy nerd. Yes, he's a nerd in disguise. Yes. So, I'm fine yeah, with that. Take, take a bit of the Billy, and that was, that at least the aesthetics-wise, like physically, that was certainly yeah. the, uh, who I would fan cast as in the movie. Fan cast. Fan cast in the fang movie. Cast. Yes. <laughs> Really, really had a non-sexual book crush on Cafferty. I, I adored Cafferty. Absolutely adored him. And all the way through, I was like, tell him, tell him, tell Oh, tell my him. goodness. Tell him the truth. <laughs> yes. Oh, and that was so great that there was communication. Now, granted, Mina didn't tell people everything immediately when it happened, but she did get around to telling everyone the truth about everything that was going on around them, which was... Apart from that. Good. And Apart look from that, what happened there. Murder. Murder, murder. Chandelier murder. murder. Yeah, she... Nat was a nasty piece of work. Who's worse, Nat or Sam? I mean, they're both murderers. Well, they're both murderers. They're both awful people. But... Nat hit, definitely hit it more. Sam was just behind a book all the time and wasn't yeah. in as much. But it really actually annoyed us that Mina was pushing that away, constantly pushing that away and not giving her... You know, she was saying, oh, she's my best friend. This is so good. You know, we, we bonded over horror movies and it's wonderful. And it's like, but you're constantly pushing mm, her away yeah. or you only ever hang around with her when it's... Libby and Della and Jared and Nat's siblings are also there as well. Yeah. It's like, can you, can you like, just be friends with the person? No. So I did think Nina tracked Nat a little crappy. She did. However, Nat was stalking and helping kill people. Right. So, mm, yeah. Do you have any other surprises? Minus Sam being the murderer. That, I think that was pretty much it for me. I was surprised. Not really surprised because we knew it was going to happen. Kind of. We knew that Jared was going to get a power. But I was pleased that he has a healing power. I think that's amazing because that, like, he wanted to be a nurse. That's all he wanted. And then he got turned into a vampire and he's like, well, shit. Yeah. Can't do that now. But he, 
he's a healer. And that's fantastic. I was really happy for him. Yeah, that was nice. That was really nice. I just hope they can keep it quiet. Not gonna. Yeah. Not gonna. (laughs) Not gonna. (laughs) You know, what... Where does... Where's the balance? You know, is he just gonna go around healing everyone? Is he gonna be like... Lissa in Vampire Academy going around healing people until she goes bonkers? <laughs> is he going to be able to heal vampires at the end? He's going to cure the Strigoi at the end? And then he's going to start dreamwalking? <laughs> Seeing auras? The ultimate crossover. Yes. I'd be okay with that too. He's just going to show up at St. Vladimir's. That's the last page of the last book. <laughs> it's the last episode of the TV show. I'd be okay with that. Just put all of our favorite vampires into one big pile. It's perfect. (laughs) Do you think we should move on to Would You Rather? Definitely, it's time. We have have questions that need answers. We do. We do have questions. Would You Rather This Time is so fantastic because as we were fangirling about earlier in the show, Amy McCaw is here to talk to us. <laughs> we're so excited. Everything is amazing. You're amazing. And we're so happy <laughs> that we were you able to drag you back too. on. Thanks. Welcome you- to episode one of season five. Season five. Yeah. Yes, you were the you first one. You didn't have to one. drag me anywhere. You didn't have to drag me. I like dragged myself here. Yeah, by including us in the acknowledgements. That's I mean that's your um, ticket to fictional hangover. And we'll get to this later, but there were a few nods to fictional hangover in the book too. We were few implies more than one. We came up with two. Yeah. I think there are four from the first chat. Yeah, we'll get there. We will get we'll there, get but there. first... Oh my god. Right, let's skip ahead. Yes. <laughs> that skip was what you are there. there. <laughs> oh my god, okay. C- c- do we need to speed run this bit now? <laughs> we do. It's the fastest would you rather ever that has ever existed. Okay, one Ready, answers, go. no explanation. You're looking into a mirror. The room is dark, except for the flickering light from a single candle. We want to know, would you rather call Candyman or Bloody Mary? Well, on Facebook, they're calling Candyman with 55%. On Instagram, Bloody Mary is coming to visit with 64%. On Twitter, both of them are coming to party, 50-50. And on TikTok, it's Candyman with 55%. We do have some comments. Do we want to read them or do we want to speed run this? I mean, we got to read a couple of them. We've got to yeah, read, read a couple. Them. I want to hear. There's one very important one that I have to read. It's very, very important. Okay, well, you definitely read that one, but we need to do some of our superfans as well. We do, so Constance we do. on important. Facebook says, I feel a little biased after reading a short story in Eternally Yours. Bloody Mary was my favourite character, and now I shall always support her. It's supporting her by letting her come and murder you. Yeah. I love that answer. It's normal. <laughs> uh, Brie on Facebook said, Neither... I know better than to invoke murderous figures, but I'd rather be gutted with a hook than my eyes get liquefied. So, if I have to be too stupid to live, I'll take Candyman. (laughs) (laughs) Self-realization there. (laughs) Colin on Facebook said, 
tough one. See, Candyman bring the whole new thing to play as well, so I don't think I fancy that. At least with Bloody Mary, she might be so put off by my masculine charms that she goes, hang on a second, this guy is very, very manly and also good looking. And I suspect not a bad dancer when he's in the mood. Maybe I don't kill him and instead slip him some spectral tongue and I'll be like, this feels so wrong to be kissing the mirror ghost cap creature but i supposed it's better than the alternative and then we both kind of get into it a bit more and more her more than me and sooner or later she has to go murder someone else and i'm like yeah I'll, I'll call you and then probably don't because i'm not interested in getting dead if she gets bored with me so yeah i choose bloody mary i mean like how do that you respond to that <laughs> by looking at colin and going mm-hmm <laughs> Amanda's face said it all during that. I know you won't hear that on the podcast, but the look of like disbelief and shock kind of <laughs> expressed how I was feeling too. Oh yeah, that was a, a well thought answer. Our answer. That's one thing I will it's, give. It. It's definitely that. That's um, a very important one, Amanda. The, the very very important one is L twenty Kev on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> I wonder who that is. I know who is that. Hmm. Oh, I don't know what you for. Whenever we watch <laughs> Candyman and he says, Helen, I always get shivers down my spine. So it has to be Candyman. Even if it means I get gutted, it'll be worth it. So I can hear his iconic booming voice say, Kevin, right before he attacks. Yes, Kevin. Good choice. That would have to be like your text message to him, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it can't be because you're dead. Right. But. Still. but it will be good for like the one text message that you get as you're dying. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know why we pose this question. This is just like What's... this is another question of like, oh, are you going to be a vampire or not? Like, obviously, you're going to be a vampire. So obviously, I'm picking Candyman. Well, we knew that that you you, you didn't need to say. Everyone knows it was obvious. Everyone was knows obvious. of the obsession. Even Amy McCaw, who wrote it into the book. And if the door, by the time they get to this point in the podcast, considering what you were like all through the discussion. <laughs> I, I just, I can't help it. Well, you have Candyman. I'm going to have Bloody Mary because I've always okay. loved that. But I think that's like the Brit and me likes the Bloody Mary story. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm taking Bloody Mary. So See, what about you? What about I you, go Candyman. Um, the kids at school were obsessed with the Bloody Mary thing and I was too much of a scaredy cat. Even though I knew it wasn't real, I'm never ever saying those names three or five times in a row. I'm not even risking three. Not worth <laughs> it. Um, so there is that. I'm too much of a scaredy cat. But if I had to invoke one of them, Candyman, like, like Kev took it right out of my mouth. It's that cool voice. It's the whole aesthetic. You know, if I'm going to be murdered, he's going to look really good and really scary doing it. Yes. So, yes, Candyman. Oh, I'm going to make friends with Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah, you'd be team Bloody Mary. Somebody needs to be. Come on. Somebody well, exactly. does need to be on her side. No, I'll listen to her. I'll, feel, I'll hear, hear out what and then, you know, point her in the direction of the people who I think she should be crawling through their mirror and murdering. Sure, you can team up with her. I, oh, I would. I would. Yeah. I have a list. Good. A literal handwritten list. But my handwriting's <laughs> terrible, so nobody will ever be able to indict me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, you might get the Candyman without spoiling it from the end of the film, like that Candyman. 
might come and then you might be okay because I feel like we wouldn't be the target of that. It would be like the horrible, like, women mistreating men of the world would get taken down. Really try yeah. not to spoil the film, but yeah. I think there are different versions of Candyman and we might be safe with one of them. That's right. Especially, That's true. That is true. Especially because we know his history and we want to keep him safe. Yeah. Like, so we're he, Team Candyman, so how can yeah. he, like, the Hulk, like, you're just like, oh, no, maybe, maybe you guys, you guys are cool. You're fine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, we call them both and they could, like, you know, go on a date or something yeah. or, yeah. you know, even if there's nothing romantic, they could have a platonic friendship. I think that would be really sure. cute. Yeah. I was really worried that you were going to say we could call them both and, like, make them battle it out and I was going to go, No! <laughs> No, 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 I want, no, we'll love us, not fighters here. That is not true at all. <laughs> but in this case, if hey, we're... if Gary Oldman's Dracula and, you know, Lestat, lovers, not fighters. Right, yes. And then... I can't Freddy get Freddy Krueger, have you so seen I it? Know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I've already taken the claw off because I give you too much information. It's really sweaty inside that claw. So the claw's <laughs> here, but it's no longer attached to me. So yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a lover now. It was a fighter a few minutes ago, but the blades have come off. So we're we're all lovers here, definitely. It's wonderful. All right. <laughs> the blades have come off. Just don't ever like try and start a, a duel with that. Slap oh no! Oh. <laughs> Oopsie. Finger knife face slap would be dreadful. <laughs> really also. Funny. Oh, it would be. It would be good stuff. I'd, I'd like to think that the um, Freddy Krueger claw in the mansion is as sharp as the Candyman's hook in the mansion, especially after be. being chased through the exhibit by a serial killer. It's like, <laughs> yeah. let's make sure that every room is weaponized. Yes. Definitely. I think Mina's doing that now after that experience, yes. But I mean, it had to be rubber Freddy Krueger fingers because they're kind of poking them up at the um, tourists. So. I don't think they want to kind of skewer their paying customers like more to the wound than halfway through the tour. Like, I don't know, they've got to at least survive. Right. They don't it... get a refund if they're dead. <laughs> True. You can Just keep all the of bodies them, to the decor. Yeah, it's yes. fine. It's authentic. <laughs> okay. Jared's got to get a food source. <laughs> yeah. No. He's just we... waiting there, like, mouth open. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so we already discussed his food source and how it needs to progress to the thigh. Definitely. Well, Definitely. Hopefully there'll be a third book. You never know. Anybody listening? You know. Oh, we've already declared that there's going to be a third book. It's oh, we fine. have. Yeah, we've already. In fact, we've, we've come up with an entire shelf, blockbuster shelf full of, of sequels for you as well. Oh, we sure. have. So, yeah, you'll have to just listen back and see what we've gotten you into. There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be part of a secret vampire slaying club? Or help investigate murders with the police. The same rule applies to both. You can't talk about it. Fight club rules. I mean, obviously, yeah. My One of my all-time favorite films, in case you didn't know. Um, yes, so, I don't know. Do you want me to answer first, or are Ooh, we going to? Yes, 100%. If you have an answer, I'm still thinking. I do. So, if it was with my actual current skill set, then definitely not a slayer, because I would immediately either poke myself with a stake or just get murdered, like, seconds into it. So, there's no vampire slaying. As cool as I think it would be, I'm just, I'm not cut out for it. However, I made Cafferty extra sexy in the second book, so I feel like I would be 
his sidekick. I will, well, on equal terms, you know, I'd work up from sidekick after I learned it all, but I've watched enough true crime. I think I could like handle solving a murder case with Cafferty there at my side, like Mulder and Scully, only minus yes. the aliens. Oh, now you see, I said that Cafferty was Daddy Winchester. <laughs> now then, it's funny you should say that because in my head, Mina's daddy is Daddy Winchester. Like, oh, that's, that's who just I got weird. When that's I imagined... got weird. I know. I'm really sorry that you just, I've just like cross confused the whole. Love How could you thing? give Cafferty an Impala? And it not be Daddy Winchester. It's <laughs> no, set in the nineties, so it can't be Sam and Dean. It's got to be. No, Daddy I want it. I want yeah, it to be Sam true. and Dean. I would rather it. Mm. I would rather it be Sam and Dean, but it's set in the nineties. It can't be Sam and Dean. I didn't even think about that. I just want a supernatural car in it. But yes, time period wise, <laughs> that kind of like it could be the dad. Yeah, it okay. could be. That's that's canon now. Let's we've decided it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Something else has been influenced. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> mm. I need to choose. I need to choose an answer to this question. And mm-hmm. I think we probably all know that the only way I'm going to be a vampire slayer is if I'm a vampire vampire hunter. So if I get yep. to be a vampire, then yes. I will become a slayer. But if not, I'm fine hanging out with Sexy Cafferty because everyone knows if you listen to the rest of the episode, I had a non-sexual book crush on Cafferty. So <sighs> a lot of people did. Like you wouldn't believe. Like book one, it was Jared, and then book two is Jared and Chuck Cafferty. The messages I'm getting from people are like, "I didn't realize Cafferty was sexy. You didn't tell me that in book one." I was like, "Well, oh, I, I did." But yeah, he looks yeah. a bit like Jared Leto. I, I made that clear. Yeah. And that's so, fine. Yeah. It was when it was when he broke the pool cue for me. That was yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, oh. yeah. I did a bit of research to check whether that's possible because I thought, I know I can't break a pool cue. But can a human with normal strength break a pool cue? And I found video evidence, so I went with it. Good. Yeah. We yeah. would be like Mina trying to break the chair, just bouncing <laughs> it off the wall in the background. Oh, my God. That was so dumb. <laughs> so good. Damn. It's me. That's what, whenever I put Mina in a scene like that, like, she throws, a, does she throw a steak or something? At some, oh, no, she throws a knife, doesn't she? And Oh, she tries to catch a steak. That's it. She tries to catch a steak. And it, like, bounces off her hand. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me dead Honestly. instantly. I, I, I'm surprised she survived the steamboat. <laughs> no, it's just pure, like, everybody wants to protect her, so she's got a look, she's got that, and, like, dumb look, I think, more than anything. How, how she didn't slip in a pool of blood, I do not know. No. It's coming. She got, she got stuck under something for a while, that probably protected her. But, yeah, she's she's not the best slave, but she does her best, she's learning. Della's she's a trier. Yeah. She's a trier. She's trying very hard. She'll be successful oh. in the next book. Well, she's only just started vampire slaying as well. Right. Like, Give her some credit. It's like third day on the job or something like that. So This is what I wanted it to be realistic. I didn't want it to just kind of run into it. Like, yes, I know how to hold a steak. I, I tried with my Buffy steak. I was like, how would you hold these? Like, over the shoulder? Like, in front of you? So, yeah, she, she wouldn't know all that stuff. Just instinctively, you don't know how to hold a steak unless you're Buffy. Obviously. Right. But she does have well, a lot of knowledge. Yeah, from watching pieced, movies yeah so. yeah and she's pieced it together from her experiences with um in book one so yeah. but remember yeah. buffy as well is also a gymnast 
slash cheerleader. So she's already got that dexterity and that fitness already before she even gets the mystical, magical slayer powers. So it's in build. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a watch TV and read kind of person. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, if I'm a vampire, I'm being a vampire slayer. Because... Obviously, right. vampire, vampire, of hunter. vampire, vampire. Otherwise, hunter. no. Put me with Captain <laughs> and then we can have a TV series together as well. It'd be very hot. Yeah, yeah. That'd be so good. He can drive the Impala. It's fine. I don't mind putting my feet up. Yeah, it's fine. Ah, oh. supernatural oh, okay. TV series, of course. Like you said, Mulder and Scully. Right. Something. This is where it came from. This was the inspiration for Supernatural. Well, we already said that this became before Scream because it's set in 1995 and Scream's 1996. So when Mina's being chased through the mansion, that scene inspired Scream. So well done. I mean, obviously, yeah. It was a thing. I know. It was in the newspaper. Kevin Williamson saw Wes Craven. They were like, yeah, we need to make a movie about this. Yeah, we do. Exactly. I definitely didn't steal it from anywhere. So no. I did it first. Yeah. Exactly. Yours comes first. Did, it was 1995. <laughs> Or, like, you know, crashing into you and spilling drinks on you. Like, that's not my kind of party. I like the kind of 80s movie party. So if it's that, Halloween party. If it's the more kind of realistic version of what parties turn into in the UK, I'm going with PlayStation minus the beer plus lots of chocolate. Mm. So, yeah, not beer drinker, but PlayStation, yes. And I played PlayStations in the 90s, so authentic. I was playing Tekken and Xena and stuff like that mid-90s. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. Every Halloween party I've ever gone to always inevitably ends up in the kitchen. I just end up hanging in the kitchen and that's it. Yeah, it's not quite the the movie version of our dreams, is it usually, when we go to a real party? It's like Hollywood has really kind of oversold this. They really have. I mean, to be fair, in the 90s I was in secondary school and our teachers, our headmaster, never let any any parties we were allowed one christmas party in year seven and that was it oh mm. yeah we to had school fair, discos they weren't exactly very wild um the only school discos that we ever went we ever had were in junior school and the boys were one side the girls were other, <laughs> and then awkward music was played and nobody danced that's crazy <laughs> to me in my oh, it's a British institution. Middle, <laughs> see, in my middle school dances, I was dancing up on the table because it was in the school cafeteria. I was on the table like in patent leather go-go boots dancing. So I can see I that. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Also, like I, we have Nintendo parties at in our family. You know, me and Jacob, that's our whole entire family. We have our Nintendo parties at least once a month. And it's just the two of us playing video games and, like, eating junk food. And sometimes it's PlayStation. It's not always Nintendo. So I, like, that's my go-to thing. So I really, really appreciate that. But also, like, 
look at me. I have to be in costume all the time. Literally, look at you. You're Dracula. (laughs) So I love, I love a Halloween party. Can I host a Halloween party instead of going to one? Can I host it? If you host the Halloween party, I'm coming to the Halloween party because I'm very selective. I don't want to just go to some random Halloween party because I want want a a discerning guest list. Yes. Okay. So I'll host it and we'll also play PlayStation. Yes. I was going to say, can we have PlayStation in one of the rooms? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay, that's the answer then. We're all going with Done. That. We're going to Amanda's Halloween party. Fine. Done. This Done. works for me. Love Done. it. Love it. All right. A little more serious with this one. Would oh. you rather be betrayed by Nat or Paige? I, Either way, yeah. you got to slap a bitch. you got to slap a bitch. They're both terrible people, aren't they, really? But on the scale of terrible people, I think that is worse because at least Paige tells you she's a terrible person right the moment she meets Mina. She's like, she's horrible and she's racist and pretty sure she's just everything that she possibly... Everything a bad person can be, she is rolled into one. Yeah. She's highly entitled as well, isn't she? She is, but she she tells you who she is and I kind of appreciate that about her. Like, have you seen um, Jawbreakers, Rose McGowan's character in that? Like, she's just evil on the surface, evil Mm. underneath, whereas Nat is best friend on the surface, stabs one of your friends in the chest and then stabs you metaphorically in the back. So, yeah, yeah. Nat is much worse in my book. How I about agree. You two? Like, you, are you with me? Not, that's not a more terrible human being. Yeah, she really is. She's your brand new best friend. Come on, that is, that's harsh. At least, yeah. You know, Paige is just built in. She's terrible yeah. already. You already expect the worst from her. But Nat is your friend. That's painful. Mina doesn't treat Nat very nice, though. Either. I mean, not this she, is not defending Nat's behavior yeah, at all. I, Nat yeah. is a horrible person. She's two faced yeah. and she's a murderer. But Mina pushes Nat away. She's, you know, like when she comes to drop the dictaphone off, she's obviously got something very important to say. But Mina's like, no, 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 I don't have time for you. And she just constantly. Literally like pushes her out the door and shuts yeah, it. Literally pushes her out the door. But no. in Mina's defense, in Mina's defense, she's trying to protect her and she's trying to kind of. Yeah, she wants a moment with Della who's going through something, but she doesn't think that Nat... She thinks that Nat is pure and virtuous and needs to be outside that world, whereas Nat is kind of already in it and the worst yeah. part of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I kind of saw Mina as thinking that she'd been dragged into this world and, you know, does she want her friend in there as well? Like, But Mina's making decisions on behalf yes, of other people. Yeah, she like, is, she's trying to tell true. Carly, don't go to the underground, don't be associated with the slippy slope. Yeah. However, considering the amount of clientele the underground will have, the percentage of the slippery slope happening is very small. And I'll be honest, that scene, Mina really annoyed me because I thought, you're 18. Yeah, you've <laughs> had the fang fest thing that's happened, but you're telling somebody who's 21, who's older than you, and probably be doing the vampire lifestyle thing a bit longer than you've been knowledgeable of vampires, what to do. Who the hell do you think you are? Shut up and no, no. I, I really, Amina, in that little scene, I thought you need to shut up. 
You need, you can't be telling people what to do. I don't know. I'm still team Mina. Like I just oh, think no, she, I had, I am. she had good intentions. She, yeah, but she's that's got the good thing. intentions. Like, I think me, she doesn't always do things right, but I think that she yeah. was like trying to say, like, I know vampires are real and you don't, and you're kind of getting embroiled in this thing that could be really bad. And like everybody involved in this seems to get murdered. So yeah, that's what I think she was trying to think. She's she's always trying. I know that she can be like domineering but she's doing it to try and help people that's oh no i get I that think. but the problem that mina's got is everybody she knows is a serial killer so <laughs> her, her viewpoint is skewed i, th- I think it was just like she was just being the usual teenager of i know what's best and i'm going yeah. to tell somebody who's older than me and i was like no shut up don't do that <laughs> as an older yeah, person who gets does. told off frequently by somebody younger than me yeah <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, I mean, mine's old too when I get that. Yeah. I think that we should just tell Cafferty what's going on and then <laughs> stare dreamily into his eyes. Yeah, Cafferty. I mean... <clears throat> well, oh. He can rev the engine of his Impala. He can. <laughs> Crack and pull cues over his knee. And then he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to suit up. And he comes back with a crossbow. Oh, I love him so much. And he's so practical. He's like, oh, so we need to find this information. I'll call the Coast Guard. Hello. <laughs> Five minutes later, there's your information. It's like, oh, this is what we needed all the time. He is the level-headed, <laughs> smart, sexy grown-up we all need in our lives. I appreciate the just... fact that he went and like found out vampires are real. And the first thing he does is like just whittle loads of steaks ready. He's like, <laughs> okay, they're real. Let's just prepare myself. Yeah, ever since I found out, I've been whittling. And, and they're like, oh, great. That's perfect. And then he's got a whole quiver full of whittled crossbow yeah, steaks. And he's ready. I mean, yeah. He's prepared. <laughs> I have my own set of wheels to be able to guess the locations and a crossbow. You're in. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, like, why do they even need the others who've tagged along? Right? Just take Cafferty. Just take Cafferty. <laughs> Always. Oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Last question. Pause for Amanda to have a moment. I know. Oh, oh she's got the hot flushes now. <laughs> I do. Would you rather go on a rip-roaring rampage of revenge on the steamboat or just blow the boat up? I think we've established that I'm a scaredy cat. I'm not like a kind of John McClane going in a blaze of glory person. I'm the person who runs in, puts the explosives in and runs away and watches from a safe distance and enjoys the fire, but you know. You get your marshmallows out. Yeah. And as you're pressing the button down. Yeah. 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 I'm not I'm not a fight my way through person. I mean, you've seen me. You I'm I'm Mina who like falls through the situations haphazardly. So no. Safe distance for me every time, please. So again, it's the lovers not fighters situation. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming you two are the same, maybe, but unless the vampire vampire hunter like exclusion kicks in again it does of course it always does all the time all vampires all the time the only thing i'm worried about is knowing that the vampire that we're focused on killing actually died because if you just go in there and blow stuff up willy-nilly you're not gonna know for sure and then she's gonna turn up so that's the only reason why i would go straight in killing people left and right is because i have to know is she dead yeah that's very true actually it's kind of that's practical i like it 
you need to think about the real situations in this. <laughs> yes, it's real. It's realistic and practical. Yes. Well, wasn't that Paige's reasoning? Not Paige, not Paige's, not Paige, uh, Rosario's reasoning. It's like, you know, you can yeah. blow it up, but we need to know that she's dead. Yeah, we got to know, 100%. And she might not die in the explosion. She might not even be there. It could be an elaborate yeah. scheme. It could be a murder trap. It, well, it's going to be a murder trap regardless. Yeah. <laughs> that may or may not be true. That's true. It's 100% true. You're right. <laughs> All right. That's the end of that. And it was amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Vindication. Favorite final thought quote? Just move on. Just move on past it and we'll survive. <laughs> move on oh there were so many so like literally the first paragraph was amazeballs yes so I think just right okay I'm just going to give a few I mean you can't just read the whole book out you have to narrow it down fine there were ways of living forever if you were prepared to drink blood like a cursed thing okay Thanks a lot for inviting me here to ruin a perfectly good pair of underwear. I had that one too. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that was a great one. Oh, dear me. <laughs> I bruised my butt! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Um... <laughs> I watch horror movies. I'm not splitting up crap, especially in this creep fest. When is anybody going to learn from horror movies? Uh, go on, I'll give you one more. Okay. Not all monsters had fangs. Ooh. <laughs> what have you got? Mine are very much sillier than your selections were. Oh, I could give you a million more if you wanted. No, 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 it's fine. Wait, so we're on a stakeout? <laughs> Does anyone else think he smells like cigarettes in danger? Followed shortly thereafter by, what does danger smell like? <laughs> he no longer looked like Zach Morris, unless Saved by the Bell went in a bold new direction. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Fantastic. Just, it was so full of 90s references, which we did not mention a lot, but it was just all 90s all the time. There was a perfect like soundtrack happening because every time a song was playing in the background, it was mentioned. Oh, it, it was, was so good! It was so good. I need to go back and just make that playlist. Just, yes, just write down every title and put it in a playlist. It would be great. Do you have the page two hundred ninety two ninety six? I do. I do have that one. Please, the floor is yours. 
I always said we needed a vampire vampire hunter. <sighs> and then we squee. <sighs> it's perfect. I have so Scully Joe videos that says when Mean and the Slayers was released. Oh my god, vampire vampire hunter. We have the precedent set. Yes. Yes. It is there. Trademarked hashtag TM. <sighs> vampire vampire hunter. <laughs> we need to make I need to make that a shirt and put it in the shop. And that's all it says is vampire vampire hunter, and that's all it is. And it's just text on a shirt, and then we can have them. Yes. And it'll be amazing. Yes. With the fiction hangover logo, of course. Well, of course. Of course. <sighs> All right. If you liked this, try this. What are you going to suggest? Of course, I am going to recommend In Every Generation by Kandara Blake. Of oh, God, Kandara Blake. Oh, so and highlight the fact that the second book, One Girl in All the World, is expected in January 2023. It's so soon. Yes. So get your pre-orders in now, people. I can't wait. I can't wait. You can either listen to me now or go back and listen to the episode where we discuss this with Kandara Blake and her interview. Because she is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. But a summary from Goodreads. Frankie Rosenberg is passionate about the environment, a sophomore at New Sunnydale High School, and the daughter of the most powerful witch in Sunnydale history. Her mom. Willow is slowly teaching her magic on the condition that she use it to better the world. But Frankie's happily quiet life is upended when new girl Haley shows up with news that the annual Slayer convention has been the target of an attack and all the Slayers, including Buffy, Faith and Haley's older sister Vi, might be dead. That no. means it's time for this generation's Slayer to be born. But being the first ever Slayer witch means learning how to wield a stake while trying to control her budding powers. With the help of Haley, a werewolf named Jake, and a hot but nerdy sage demon, Frankie must become the Slayer, preventing the Hellmouth from opening again, and find out what happened to her aunt Buffy before she's next. Oh, such a good book. It was so good. I can't wait for the second one. I know. <laughs> what have you got okay i had to share this one because it was mentioned in the text at least halfway a little bit the awakening vampire diaries book one by lj smith (laughs) even though stefan was incorrectly mentioned and not damon being the best vampire of all times on that well there was a debate that took place This is a great time that we need to ask everyone, Stefan or Damon. 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 A thousand times Damon. 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 Okay. Excuse me. The question is, Stefan or Damon, and why have you picked Damon? Exactly. Exactly so. All right. A love triangle of unspeakable horror. Elena, searching for the ultimate thrill, she vowed to save Stefan. Stefan. Haunted by his tragic past, he struggled to resist her passion. Damon, driven by revenge, he hunted the brother who betrayed him. The terrifying story of two vampire brothers and the beautiful girl torn between them. (gasps) I've never read the books. Just watch the TV show. Me neither. And honestly, I've heard that they're not as great as the show, which, I mean... Ian Summerhalder 
just being there. Exactly. If you don't have his piercing, penetrating eyes, uh, uh, have you really got a good? Yeah. No. Mm. No. No. <sighs> do we have a spotlight this week? We do. We do have a new and indie spotlight this week, and this one. Has a couple of tenuous links. We love a tenuous link. We do. No fact. We love a vampire vampire hunter and we love a tenuous link. Yes, yes. All right. This one is called Camp Kinross by Holly Louise Perry. First tenuous link. It's the 1990s. <laughs> Best friends Maggie and Tom have been sent to summer camp for the first time, despite being almost too old for it. They are immediately immersed into a picturesque world straight out of the movies, filled with competitive social circles, weird traditions, and classic camp activities, but also a dark past. And then there are the Lifers, a tight-knit group of campers who have been chosen to stay at Camp Kinross for the entire summer. When kids are mysteriously sent home for breaking the rules. Without much explanation, Maggie must uncover the truth about the camp while also navigating fraying friendships, new crushes, youthful schemes, and the typical anxieties that rattle around in the teenage brain. In doing so, she learns that hidden abilities can often be buried deep, and that trusting others doesn't always result in getting burned. Are campers really being sent home, or is a more sinister evil at work at the seemingly perfect Camp Kinross? Will Maggie and Tom become lifers to buy more time to figure out what's happening? Can they expose the truth before it's too late? Ooh. Doesn't that sound like fun? Ooh, that does. Yeah. Ooh. And don't we have, like, a summer camp theme coming up next year, or a road trip theme, or some, something? We do have a road trip. In? We we, we have like spitballed we a road trip some... and we spitballed um, boarding school. I feel like we halfway talked about summer camp as well. Probably. We'll just see. We'll, we'll see what see. happens next year. We've got a list. It has things we've got, on it. We're, it's, we've got time. There's probably more than we need on there as well. So There always is more than we need. Exactly. We can't stop coming up with themes. It's because we're such creative individuals. <laughs> we really, really are. I'm really surprised that we've kept up all of these themes after all this time. It'll be our fourth year of themes. Yes, it will be. No can you believe? No repetition either. Can I just say, can you believe that this is the first episode of season five it's of insane. the show? It's insane. It's insane. It is insane. We are starting our fifth slash fourth year of podcasting. It's insane. I... And they just keep getting better. They just keep coming. They won't stop, Amanda. They won't, they won't stop. stop. They won't stop. They won't stop. I love it. And I'm glad that you're here with me. Me too. I ridiculously enjoy doing it. It's it's so much fun. And if you'd like to join in the fun with us, head to our Patreon. <laughs> perfect. It's been a while since I've done that. <laughs> it's true. Oh my god, okay. That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire.
Don't forget to check out our bonus episode attached to this one where we talk to Amy McCall about this fantastic book. Everyone go and listen to that too right now. (laughs) Join us next time as we continue to discuss all vampires all the time, our monthly theme with Go Hunt Me by Kelly DeVos. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. With vampires. With vampires. (laughs) All vampires all the time. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you'd like this episode, check out our others, and rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.